With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Sissoko finally waited. Erickson, low. Great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal! On debut, Tunge Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. A great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! Kane, good area for Spurs. Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yemin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Good evening, good morning, whenever you're listening. Uh, it's a new NSO pod in affiliation with Touchline Fracker. I'll be a host, X Pack, and uh, yeah, we've got a nice little show in. Got a lot to cover. We've got a lot to cover. Firstly, I'm joined by Scott Hall. How you doing? Oh. Hey, <laughs> right. stop introducing me, brother, until this guy's gone. Yeah, I'm talking to this guy. Don't introduce me. I'm vexed. Just just have me there as one of these, like, I'm just there, bro. I'm a placeholder right now. Fair enough, fair enough. While uh, a certain someone might be insistently not fulfilling his contractual obligations. We'll get into that, though. But we've got a special guest on today as well, someone who's been doing a lot of really good reactionary streams lately. We've got Marlon from View from the South Stand. How are you doing, man? I'm good, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for inviting me. It's about time I did do you lot show. You both been on mine. It's about time I came over here. But yeah, no, thanks for having me on. But yeah, Spurs, Spurs, aren't they? So got a lot to talk, lot to talk about today. 
Yeah, it's been overdue for sure. We'll get straight into it. I won't go over the game against Southampton in detail too much, but obviously we've got to just touch upon it a little bit. We drew 3-3, conceding two late goals after going 3-1 up, not playing particularly well. This proceeded to an insane outburst of a press conference in Conte. This is the first time we've uh, spoken about it on the podcast. It's been in the group chat almost every day since. What was the reaction, I guess, on your channel and from yourself kind of following that game and that press conference? So so for us, it was a bit like a lot, probably 90% of the people we had were like, because they're big Levy out people, a lot of them. And they were like, you know what? This is about time that he threw because because the first reaction was because it was happening the press conference was happening live as we were like literally streaming. So when a lot of people were hearing, they're like, oh my god, he's throwing the board under the bus, he's throwing the players under the bus, and we're quite happy. But as time went on and the reaction went on, I think a lot of people started to think go, actually, he probably shouldn't have come out with what he said. And then he kind of backtracked on the on the board situation, even though he's the one who mentioned 20 years. But for me. You could see it coming. You could see it coming. Um, I was on We Are Tottenham TV as well at the time, which was quite strange. And they're literally feeding me as 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 they're going on. And I was just like, what's he doing? But when I actually got to see it later, I kind of I kind of went into it and kind of went, you know what? This has been brewing. Since Burnley last year, this has been brewing. And for me, I know there's a lot of difference of opinions, but I'm still Conteing. I I I personally don't think he's the issue. I was, and then even even now, I'm like, I was so Levy out as well. I wanted Levy out for age. I want Enoch in, but I wanted Levy out. But even I'm like, I want the players gone first. I think they're the biggest issue now at this club, um, and that's where my my head's at because they got rid of Mourinho, they got rid of Nuno, they're getting rid of Conte. They, they literally don't know how to win and they want it comfortable and easy and it ain't about that anymore. It's about being like, if, you, if we want to move this club forward, let's let's move this club forward, but some of these players can't be here anymore and that's the problem. When you have Ben Davis who's been here too long, Eric Dyer, Davidson Sanchez, you know, there's players like that. If, if I'm being completely honest, is Oliver Skip going to be that player that we all expect him to be? I think we're overhyping him at the moment. I really do. Like Benton Core, we miss. You know, they are the players we kind of need. Hoiberg is another one. Why, you know, Southampton wasn't Southampton. He's a good. He's, he's he likes to preach, likes to talk. But again, when it comes to talking with his feet, he's you see most of the mistakes from him on the pitch. And this is what I'm saying. Every single player deserved what Conte said, and even down to Kane because I think Kane. I think with Kane, and I and I said this. He's a very selfish player. Right, and he has to be to be who, who he is and what he kind of does. But there are certain times, and I've always said this in Kane's career, where I think semi-finals and fin- especially in some semi-finals where he should have laid the pass instead of taking the shot and wants to do it by himself. And that's, but then I kind of have to sit there and go, but is that the way the cards he's been dealt with or the players that he's got around him as well to the reason why he does this? So I get it. But at the same time, I'm not going to slag off Kane. Kane's got a record, he's got this, he's got that. But at the same time, if I want to move this club forward and I want them to be successful and I don't want to be aiming for full spot every year, I want cups and all that, he wasn't wrong. Everything that Conte said in that 
in that press conference was not wrong. That was the problem. It was the way he come out and said it. But he knew he walked to that press conference and he he had his battle up already because most of the most of the press were going to ask him, "You're getting paid fifteen million pound a year. Why can't you get these players to play?" I'm sorry, but they're getting paid too. Levy gets paid six million pounds worth of bonus, but you don't ask about them, and they're the ones who've been failing at the club longer than I have. So those those are the questions you have to ask yourself. Yeah, that's true. And before uh, I guess we get into a few more kind of opinion pieces on that, Yao, um, what did you feel like there was, I guess you probably <laughs> could take from that, that the players were taking, I guess, more of the brunt of that than uh, than anything else. Obviously, he mentioned Levy and essentially addressed the club. It's not the first time he's done that, but it's definitely the first time he's got at players like this. I mean, what was your kind of overall take on it? The, the players definitely hold a percentage to of the blame and probably the lion's share, if I'm being honest with you, considering the fact that some players um, have played under multiple managers and have given us the same uh, dross season in, season out. Um, on the Kane point, listen, as a striker, in terms of getting goals, he's fantastic. Nobody can deny that. The record speaks for itself. Yeah, But when it comes to mentality and turning up when it's when it's goal time he's had enough opportunities to at least get one and when i don't think anybody's asking for much one one is enough to get you in certain conversations alan shiro got one that's all he ever got alan shiro with 260 goals and i watched him through his career so i can speak about him on a different level but alan shiro with 260 goals got one and he's in a different conversation Rooney with far less got many. And if you go check Rooney, even in finals when he did lose, he was one of the guys. You can't find me a game. Maybe you might be able to find one or two in Kane's tenure where when it was goal time, you could be like, we could count on him. And that's even when we had a good team on the poch. In most recent years, you can say, fine, it's fallen more on Kane's head because the team's not as good but to bring it back to modern day and with Conte, Conte is a bit of a narcissist. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. If I was in that press conference, it'd have been bloody merry. I'd have slapped his whole toupee off. Because one thing I don't understand is, how can you turn around and be like, you know, it's the players this, it's the board that, correct. Correct on both parts, by the way. Yeah, so let, let's not take that away from him. But you don't want to acknowledge the fact that you're the manager that starts Dial, that starts Davis, that notoriously starts Hoiberg week in, week out, that played Son for seven months, even though we as fans saw that this guy was stinking up the entire joint consecutively. Come out in the press and tell everybody in the press that, oh, Basuma, who we saw at Brighton, was clearly a competent midfielder. It's not the guy. You said this in the press. You said he's not ready. He's not He's not set to my style of play. But was happy to play Hoiberg week in, week out. Skipper's played the last few games. It's probably given us a better performance than Hoiberg has in the entire season over the last few weeks. Benton calls injured. Kulu gets rotated like, like as if to say he's crap. We've just seen Son doing absolute dog shit on the left wing. He doesn't even get substituted for multiple games. You saw your team. Listen, Conte needs to relax himself here because what I saw at that AC Milan game is, is 
is valid enough for me to kill anybody in my vicinity. Never in the history of football, go do your Googles if you don't believe me, never in the history of football have you ever seen a team go into a second leg 1-0 down and defend for 90 minutes. It's never happened. It's never... I couldn't even tell you... We don't even have the away goal rule either, which is... Yeah, it's staggering. Imagine there was no away goal rule. We're 1-0 down. We're defending. We have a player sent off. Most people be like, you know what? Got a player sent off. We're already losing. What the heck? Go on, go. Throw everyone at the walls. If we concede two or three, ah, well, we tried. No, not Conte. (laughs) Not I've I've gone to freaking Turkey to get my hair done four times. No, not Conte, not Antonio. No, he's decided that this was the best time to do what? Bring on Sanchez. I mean, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. What are we supposed to do here? And then you have the audacity to go out into the press conference and say, we know the board have been failing for 20 years. We actually know this. This is facts. That that That's something he can't take away. One trophy in 20 years with all the semi-finals and finals that we've been to. I think as a club, since Enoch have taken over, we've been to six finals. You can imagine how many semi-finals that we've been to, maybe 13 plus. That's on the board to look at, to identify. All right, we were this close. We need to get the right personnel in the right positions and push on. They haven't done that in 20 years. So he's right on that part. He's also right on the mentality of the players because there's players that have been at this club. <laughs> Listen, they they definitely are not top level players. They have they have no right to be playing the professional games. These are the kind of players that should be working IT and telling you to switch off and switch on your computer when you have a problem and they can't figure it out. These are not guys that should be playing professional and being paid 200, 150,000 pounds a week. They're not good enough for that kind of level of money. But when I get onto Harry Kane, and this is the thing that infuriates me the most about a player that can score X amount of goals. Any other player in his position will be like, you know what? Sod this. Yeah? I can't carry this team. I'm going to go somewhere where they can carry me. And I'm going to rub every single trophy that I've won in your faces. Because I've done nothing but being carried to the trophy. You know who did this? You know who did this without even thinking twice? The little bastard. Carl Walker said, hey, get me out of here. Because this shit is stinking. Yeah, I'm not freaking staying here. He went to freaking Man City. Pep decided to buy four more fullbacks. Still use Carl Walker. What they do? Carl Walker's been carried to the last two trophies. Been chilling. He's been doing sweet Carolines on holiday. Harry Kane, we ain't never seen his bloody armpits. We've never seen it. So, was Conte right? Yes. Is Conte a twat? Most certainly. And I do not want him to come back to this country. Listen, I'm all for people traveling around the world. Please, people, enjoy the nations. But if I ever see Conte around my team ever again, it's going to be bloody flipping Mary. He's going to have no hair by the time I'm finished with him. Yeah. Listen, the whole head top, getting clapped. I'm not having it. Conte's a fraud. He's a twat. And I hope he never gets another job. He better see out his remaining days in retirement. I'm done with him. Question though, question for you, because you say he's a fraud and everything like that, but he's he's been asked to do one thing for Spurs, right? 
and that's get us top four, which he got last year, right? And if not, as he not, act, I know, and I know the football, everyone's been complaining about the football, but where are Spurs in the table right now? Is he not doing his job? Here's the thing. Style of play is one thing. Yeah. Fans will complain about it. Yeah, that. of course. Even when it's fantastic, there will be a fan that doesn't yeah, like it. Yeah. Because I, to be, I, I've totally, I'll be totally honest. I, apart from AC Milan, I've said to people this season, I actually don't mind the football. I like watching it for the tactical aspects and how it's done, right? I but, I know, but I know a lot of people don't like it. And I'm just like, fair play. That's you. That's your prerogative. I think on the tactical aspect, the game is not bad. Where it is bad, yeah, is the implementation of the tactics yeah. on the attacking side. There's no real... Uh, change or ability to be an individual in his tactics. That's very rigid. It means that you're kind of like micromanaging these players who are supposed to be of a certain ilk and able to, you know, figure stuff out on their own. However, my biggest problem with Conte is, and this was an argument that was made in the the actual um, WhatsApp group. Up until a certain point, I believed a lot of people and a lot of fans believed he wasn't backed. And probably that might even still be the notion around a lot of our fans, that he wasn't backed. Until Sky Sports revealed the players that he's had to make their debut. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, this guy's nearly had nine players brought to the club. He, had nine, he has had nine outfield players brought to him. Nine? Since, since he took over. You do have so, to throw one caveat in that as well, because yeah, yeah. remember you, the, the sub rule also changed, and he couldn't go with the same bench as he went with. Like, because he, he's been, let's be honest, most of the summer, half the players that were brought in were bench players, and we had to go from three subs to five. So you can kind of understand, but it's, it's but you can kind. What you have to also put in throwing that as well is the other teams around us. What they doing? How are they buying? Why is it? You know, the quality they're buying is better than what we are buying. And this I is, don't know though. I feel like I don't think Perisic, Bissouma, and Longley were definitely all bought in for starters. Perisic has probably been the only signing I could sit there and go, I think even Conte didn't envision how bad the second part of the season would have gone for him. Well, that's because the World Cup took all yeah. his energy from him. Yeah. And he's, and he's a certain age, and the Premier League is a, is a tough business. But if you look at where he really wanted to get back to in the summer, Let's let's be all totally honest. He wanted a defense. He wanted a defense, and he didn't. He didn't push for it. And I I, and that's and I actually do blame him for that because you can't sit there and say you wanted Bastoni, Bremer, and all these guys, and then you get Longley and you agree to Longley because at the end of the day, your whole system relies on your back three being top notch, right? Because at least then your wing backs and all that, they don't need to be. Because if you can get away with playing Alonso and Victor Moses, as we always say, right? But he had such a great defense at Chelsea and he had a Cesc Fabregas. Again, and, a, and, a, and we all, we was all crying out for uh, an attack of midfielder, right? And if it's true that he has said no to a couple of attack of midfielders, again, that is on him. But at the same, But at the same time, how much money has been spent again, is a typical Spurs problem because if you take it back to Jose, if you take it back to Nuno, if you take it back to Poch, the money is spent on good players that are not consistent and that is Spurs' major problem. That is definitely Spurs' major problem. I think the issue with Conte in this regard to this season is Spurs got into the market before the the, um, transfer window even kicks off. They go and get Basuma. Now, 
granted, Basuma hasn't had a great season. A few injuries here. He's now injured. But nobody on this green earth can tell me that Hoybier deserves to stop over Basuma. There is no, there is no formation that you can put in place in front of me that would yeah. justify that choice. And the reason why Conte picked somebody like Hoybier is because Hoybier not only talks a great game, but Hoybier reminds Conte of himself. Yeah, agree, agree with that. He and does. That's yeah. frightening. Yeah, that is frightening because Conte wasn't a good player. Just call a spade a spade. The guy, I know people talk about him like, oh, yeah, he played for Italy. He was shit. Yeah, <laughs> we're just going to call. He was basically the Italian Hoiberg. Make of that what you want. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm telling you, we had Basuma. We had Bentoncourt. We had, fine, I think Skip was injured at that time. Perisic had come in. Longley, I'm not, I'm like, eh. you know, I'm not really going to say that's really anything good. But you knew going into this summer's transfer, and this is my problem with Conte. You knew going into the summer transfer that it'd be dangerous. It would be borderline insanity to go another season with Dyer as your main centre-back or your only starting centre-back. Forget whether we could shift players. We know that, well, from the reports that have come out, we know that Conte has refused players like Madison. Now, I'm not saying Madison would have come and transformed us. But already there, there's a red flag. Because I'm like, you're a madman. Yeah, you've tr- you've actually turned down an in the hole number ten type player. You don't like him. You've decided that another player who, who absolutely ripped our midfield to pieces. By the way, in the three times we faced them last season, ripped our midfield. You decide that this player that we've acquired from said team is worse than both our midfielders. That's what you said. Or he's a secondary to Benton Court. Don't know how you've made that up, but okay, whatever. And then the coup de gras of all of this is the most recent thing. Fon has been absolutely dog on the left wing. He's been horrendous. I couldn't give a damn that he scored a free kick for South Korea recently. He's been shit. You've decided to use Richardson there. It's not really worked. The club have gone out into the market and got Dan Juma. We've seen some highlights of him. We've even seen him for Villarreal. If you've watched a few of the Champions League games, he looks like he's he's got a bit of confidence. He could take on some players. He'll give us a different dynamic. And you haven't even tried to use him. Then you have the audacity to come out to the press and be like, I apologise to Dan Juma. If Dan Juma doesn't take the boot off his shoes and clap Conte, I don't know what's going on in this world. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's like, it's 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 not cyclical to a different level. I don't understand what the hell this manager wants. And the problem with Conte is, in the past, managers like Jose and a few others, but mainly Jose, have been called checkbook managers. Pep, especially, has also been called a checkbook manager. But there is no way on God's green earth that Pep gets Hoibjerk and says, you are my starting midfielder, week in, week out. He's not going to do it. If there's other options, he certainly is not going to do it. I promise you that. And the same goes with Jose. I know I've backed Jose in the past, but you go check the team Jose had and go check the team Conte had. Conte actually has no legs to stand on. Fine. Granted, we are fourth in the league. How? That's a question we need to take up with Jesus. When our <laughs> yeah. But the FA Cup is, is absolutely... There's no way in hell anybody can respect us going out in the FA Cup to Sheffield United. 
But he, he, but, but did he not? He addressed that, and I, I actually agreed with him on that because, let's be honest, right? Sheffield United have players missing, right? Why the hell, yeah, do we need Kane to play against Sheffield United, right? We have enough talent out there, right? And if they have the desire to win, to win that game, there's you can't sit there and tell me that their players that he had out there on that day could not beat Sheffield United. I'll tell no, you this there isn't, there I'll isn't. tell you this. And it's it is the you can see it's the desire and and it's the pressure because it desire got to the point. It got to that point where Sheffield United. Let's be when you're looking at it, and a lot of the players were like, "Oh my God, there's only Man City and United in it. We've actually might have a chance." And the pressure actually became a mountain for them, and they fouled because it's not even like Sheffield United had their. You go watch their team against Blackburn to what they had against us. Completely different team and probably worse. But yet, Blackburn gave them a better game than we did. Right, and I sit there, and I, I, like Conte weren't even there that day, right? Because everyone was always talking about how you know when Conte was missing for the games, are oh, the players feel more free? But what's their excuse for this one? Because Kane comes on, and we still don't play any better. They still can't string any passes together. So you have to sit there and go, these players against Nottingham Forest, no pressure, go and win the game. Goes to Southampton, or can go third place, bit of pressure now put on them, they foul. Straight away, right? Hey, it's very common. Yeah. And and the, the thing I've got about Southampton, right, and, and, and I know we're going to it, the tactics against Southampton, I will totally agree with everyone. When it was 3-1, he shouldn't have gone defensive, right? But are you going to sit there and tell me, right, that even if he went defensive, that them 11 players can't defend against Southampton 15 minutes? Yes. Come on. No, come on. You're a Premier League side. I have, All 19 teams would go there... And defend for fifty. I've, I like. Let's be totally honest. They should be able to sit there and defend. If they can't do that, I'm not surprised he called out the players because oh, no. it's about time. It's about right. time they got called out. He was right to call out the players, yeah. but they're, they're not I, going to Southampton and defend. Uh, listen, the honest truth of the matter is, yeah, with the with the Sheffield United game, I'm going to use two two things here. Son has been bad all season. He's not just going to turn it on, regardless of whether he's starting or not in, in that particular game. You're just hoping, you're making a prayer. And Richarlison, Richarlison has been used in such a way that he doesn't even feel respected. So yeah. how is he going to like just turn on this mentality to, to do the thing? Granted, they were crap. They lost that game. We move on. The Southampton game, we need to take acknowledgement that, yes, he's right to call out the players. And yes, facts do remain that these players did not defend well for the last 15 minutes. But we've all watched freaking Dyer in his entire tenure at Spurs. Nobody, and I mean nobody, believes this guy's a competent defender for large parts of the season. He is a bozo waiting to happen. If a man can go into a stadium, walk up the stairs and not find his own brother's attacker, how do you expect him to defend our goal? <laughs> you say this every time, and it's still never not funny. That's so annoying. But no, with that um, with that Southampton game as well, I actually... I My opinion is overall, like, I hear Marlon's point about Conte. Like, I think his style of play and his methods and his patterns of play, they work when he's committed mm -hmm. and I watched um I watched Ryan Mason's um 
performance podcast i can't remember what high performance podcast yeah the other day and hear me out because i know you're probably gonna switch off when you hear the words ryan and mason or money and mace but it's all about transferring your energy and your kind of enthusiasm onto your players and if you can get your ideas and your energy across those players, they're going to commit to your ways. Where he, this season, unfortunately, obviously, he's had things happen in his personal life. His friends died and he hasn't committed to the new contract. And I, I don't even want to give the players this benefit, the doubt or excuse, but you're going to find it impossible to commit to his ideas and his style of play when he's not committed. And... Well, I agree with you when you kind of, I, I somewhat agree with you when you said you wanted, like, you'd be uh, open to Conte staying or be happy for Conte to stay in. I would be too, but only if he was committed, yes. super committed. And I, I agree with you on that. Unfortunately, so, yeah. I've got, I think after that press conference, it's it's pretty clear he's made his job unattainable and he's, he's not committed. But that Southampton game as well go to shop shop we literally because like it's that attitude of the players at that point where we scored the third goal and literally straight after they got the goal back to make it 3-2 and then that sh- obviously shell shocked us into playing into our shell even further than I guess Conte would have liked because I I don't buy that it was all Conte instruction that again like we absolutely like in Conte's ideal world, we would thrive on still having the lead. Like we stay compact, but still stay a major threat on the break. Like that's how we got our results at the end of last season. But um, yeah, unfortunately, I think it's it's all done now. And on the point, like we, I don't know if you both kind of consider Conte to have been backed or not. I think um, the teams needed a rebuild since since Mourinho, not just on the pitch, but off it with the scouting and snitching, um, obviously having to leave. And I'd say a lot of people um, made a point about Sky Sports skewing the figures and saying that Conte spent 192 million. Like for me, it's not about necessarily just the money spent. Like we alluded to earlier, he's been given nine outfield players. There's only 10 outfield players on the pitch. So he's been given nine. And if you're not, if you're not getting the best out of them, then what are we doing? I think we've we've backed him to into that extent. And we've also backed him in getting rid of some of obviously some of our bigger signings and like people like Ndombele, La Celso, other players who are considered to be Deadwood, Aurier, Sissoko, Lamella. Yeah, I still think we're still in the middle of this rebuild. I think we're, we've actually done well on the recruitment side of it, especially hiring a director of football. Like, I, I have no idea what's going to happen to Paratici, right? Or is, um, yeah, football jail. Um, there's Leandro Gabanini, um, Andy Scolding, Greta Steinson have all come in and overhauled the scouting. So, hopefully going forward if we do get a kind of more patient project manager we should reap the rewards for some of our previous signings who i actually think can adjust to different managers and different styles especially people like richarlison and basuma who have performed well at clubs that we we've signed them from like these aren't bad players we've got good young players in sar and hill and spence like this is a team with the minerals that can kick on. Udogu's still yet to join. Um, 
I'm not worried about us backing managers. I can't lie. I know that's been like a big thing, but I'm not worried about us backing managers that much. And I, I genuinely think Levy wants to win. He's just terrible. the wrong way. About it. <laughs> he's just not very good at since, since opening the the new stadium. Anyway, he's wanted to win. He 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 probably does. Like I'm not gonna sit here and say nobody. Everybody everybody wants to win because yeah. you, you you don't hire Mourinho or Conte yeah, if you don't care about winning. But there, the a winner's mentality is is quite hard to achieve, and it's not something every everyone thinks they have a winner's mentality, but you really don't. Yeah. Because because winners they push themselves beyond it's beyond the mental realm. Like they this stat, I don't know if it came in our in our WhatsApp group, but this stat pissed me off even more. Kane, four finals, zero goals, no shots on target. Drogba, nine finals, nine goals. That's a real killer. That guy said, I'm not here to play with lose or we win. I'm leaving here with something. And that doesn't mean that Kane's drug rubbish. This, this is what fans need to understand. It's just that even as, as Spurs fans, yeah, we sat there, not just Kane. It's not just Kane. Yeah, there's been others, yeah, where we've been like, they haven't turned up. It's a big game. They haven't turned up. We're like, like, how can you not be switched on? And I don't want to hear people say, oh, but he turned up for the North London derby. Yeah, when we're at home. Because when they're away, we haven't won at the Emirates in 15 years. Outside of the cup, of course, yeah, mm. and that's horrendous. Like we we barely broke our record against United. We we got like something stupid where we hadn't won at Old Trafford for X amount of years. We've won one game in twenty nine years at Anfield. One, one big man. That's horrendous. I went to Liverpool with half my mates. We won every night. What kind of nonsense is this? This is rubbish. Yeah, how can a team be that damn unlucky? We barely even win at freaking Chelsea. There's no point of even watching the game when we go to Stamford Bridge. It's either a draw or we lose. What kind of life is this? Draw? Yeah, we're lucky to get a draw. <laughs> it's bad. And then to go to go on the question being asked by uh, the, the Wiki Tiki. That's a, that's a sick name. I'm not going to lie. That's, that's pretty cool. I like it. Um, I think he's saying, which summer signing you made now, do you think you couldn't have made... Benton Core, surely. I think, well, not Benton Core. Well, because he was here already, isn't it? He was here already. I, I, I asked the same. No, this is quite strange because I asked the same question um, when I was on We Are Tottenham TV to one of the panelists, and I said, if you looked at all our summer signings, who out of them doesn't come to us, even if we're in the Europa League? Because I personally said, Charleston still comes to us. He does. Su- well, Romero still- signed for us when we were in the conference. Yeah, league. I don't know Su- how. Yeah, Basuma still comes to us. Yeah, yeah. So they all come. Yeah, the only person that I said might might have been right at the time that might have not come to us at the time was probably Perisic, right? Because forget his performances this season, but could he have signed for another Champions League team if he if he had the choice? He probably could have. That's yeah. the only player I said that probably might have not come to us. But everyone I still else, think he signs for us if we've got yeah. yeah if, I'm if, not if it's Conte, if it's I, I wasn't sure. And I, I, I said I wasn't sure. I, I, him and Conte have had, you know, because Conte did loan him out as well to buy Munich originally, and then he won himself back. So a twat, bro. Yeah, but I wasn't, I wasn't completely sure about him. But everyone else, I'd sit there and go, no, we we couldn't make them sign as no matter. And, that, and this has been my issue. We made Champions League, 
and we didn't make a Champions League signing. Now, is that future-proofing to go, mm, we don't think we're going to be there next year? Is this the club saving themselves because Conte had it back to, you know, signed a two-year contract, which they, because you've got to remember the 18-month contract didn't just come from Conte, it came from the club to protect themselves. So actually, both have messed up in that, in that scenario because I, I, I said this on the weekend as well. I said, you know what? If Conte felt truly backed in the summer, if, in his back in what, in, you know, in his sense, would he have signed that contract last summer and gone, it's September, you know what? You've completely backed me to the hill. I'm going to extend my contract. Here's my thing. I think he does. And I'll tell you why. Because one thing I think Conte lacks is accountability. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I think he totally lacks, agree with that, yeah. I think he lacks that in droves. So I think he got to September and thought, hey, you know, we finished fourth. We had a good run towards the end of the season. I can make this work, yeah? And that's, yeah. Not, the attitude, that's not the attitude we want, no. yeah? We yeah, don't want yeah. that. Like, the thing is, Jose got sacked before final. There was some, there's been talks on the on online that, you know, had he won the final, he would have got a contract extension. But Jose would have wanted defenders. And the reason why I know that for a fact is because he was the same way at United. He made he even made a freaking massive deal about he can't go into the next season with Smalling as one of his main main defenders. He can't do that. And a lot of people would be like, oh, but take a look at Eric Ten Hag and what he's done at United. Listen, caveats have to be put on a lot of these managers. Yeah, If you don't want to put a caveat in it, then don't talk about it. Because Eric Ten Hag would have been sinking had they not gone back into the market and got Casemiro to show up their, their actual midfield. Because they got raped. No puns intended, because I know there's you know certain players out there that possibly might be dealing with some cases. That's for another day and another story. But they were getting touched. Whoo, yeah, you're going down the wrong road. It's a slippery road. Hey, bring it back up. They were getting royally messed with. No, that's even worse. Listen, they were just losing to Brentford, yeah? 4-0, they were getting slapped all over the place. No puns intended, people. It just is what it is. And they went into the market and they said, no, we're going to go get Casemiro. I know they went and got Anthony, but Anthony's two packs of ass. That guy's rubbish. But they went into the market and they spent money. And they spent money on where they could shore it up. Spurs, Spurs on the other hand, and I don't understand this because we do this all the time. And this is where the club is really at fault. Hugo Lloris has been drunk for four years. <laughs> we decided to go get Fraser Forster instead of a young, sober goalkeeper. Cool. Davis, I don't know how Davis managed to acquire 300 uh, appearances with us, but our, that's another day, another story. Davis is still the elder statesman in our club. He shouldn't really be a starter. Coming off the bench, I'm cool with that. But starting, it's a bit of a problem. Dyer, let me tell you about Eric Dyer. Eric Dyer doesn't know his actual position. He came to the club as a centre-back. Potch moved him to right-back. said, nah, you ain't even about that life at right-back. Moved him back to centre-back. said, you are ass. I'm going to go get Toby Alderweireld because you are crap. Moved him to DM. He looked good in DM. Then he had abdominal issues. And he couldn't couldn't turn no more. He looked like Hoybjerg or the English version. So... But said, go touch that bench, fix your stomach, bruv. He finally fixed that, then decided he wanted to be a centre-back again. And if you watch, every time we've gone on a run, and he's looked good, the following 10 games after that, he's looked awful. 
He is not and never has been consistent yet. From bouncing all around these different positions, he's now not only our starting midfield and starting defensive centre-back, he's the leading voice in that position. The least defensive-minded or defensive-aware defender that we've had at the club since probably Anthony Gardner. He stinks. He absolutely is awful. I know he's 26, and in defensive years, he's still got 10 years, arguably, to hone in his craft. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. That's fine. Just don't do that at my club. Go do that at Everton. Because that's where that's a club for honing your skills and trying to get better at. Don't do that at Spurs. We're trying to hit the big leagues. I know a lot of people will be like, oh, have we signed championship, um, UEFA Champions League type uh, caliber players? It's arguable. Because what is a UEFA Champions League level type player? There's going to be a higher echelon. There is going to be a higher echelon, but everyone after that, they get there on mentality, not just their ability. It's really the UEFA Champions League. That is a mentality kind of thing. That's winners, winners type mentality. We don't have them kind of players. We have UEFA Conference League type players. And even then, they couldn't get out of the group. So do you think that we should, and, and a question on that, because obviously we've signed a guy from Everton, a guy from Brighton, and but Man United signed a guy from Real Madrid. Do you f- personally think we should be signing bigger club players to come and give us that mentality. Hey, the, you can sign a guy from Brighton, you can sign a guy from Everton. You can do that, yeah? Because United have done that in the past. Yeah, yeah. They, they signed Rooney from Everton. It's not a problem. You can sign these players from... But you have to... You surely have to be capable of identifying who are big-time players. Like, in terms of just mentality. Yeah. Not just on their ability. They don't have to be at Real Madrid or Barcelona or Bayern Munich or Inter Milan or AC Milan. They don't have to be at these clubs. I'm saying AC Milan because of their history. Yeah. But the mentality has to be... We bought Jan Vertonghen from Ajax. Yeah. And I remember when we bought him, I was ecstatic because I was like, yeah, this is a ball-playing defender. He's silky. Yeah, he was a, he was a champion there. He That's all he knew was champion. We brought him. When we paired him up with Toby Alderville, that was our most successful time period. Mm-hmm. Brought in another Ajax lad in Ericsson. We were building. That was the time period for the board to be at. All right, fine. This team is here. They've got it. They're just about there. We just need to shore up a few areas. But in these areas that we need to shore up, we can't just get anybody. We can't just get a, a youngster and say, hey, you know, run with it. No, we need to go out there and get real monsters. A guy that will come in, bow, straight off the top, take us to the top. You know what the club went and did? Who Davidson Sanchez? 
Rusa Sissoko. Sissoko from Newcastle because he had a great tournament with France. Please, please. And then they thought, oh, you know what? We're gonna do. We're gonna do mentality monsters. We're gonna listen to these players. Let them talk. Don't do that because you know what we ended up with. Hoybjerg. We are finished, people. He made a good point on international duty, though. I oh, know I don't really want to defend him as a player. He made a valid. Point. He came out and said about Conte. Should he have elaborated on his comments to the players? I, I, I personally, I think he should be naming names when it comes to who these selfish players are. I don't necessarily. I, I would love it to come out publicly, actually, but I think he, he should be going into the dressing room insane. I think Hoybier is one of them as well, by the way. Because he's been playing with knocks and these injuries, and he's been saying, you know, to the staff, like, okay, I'm okay to play. But we saw that game away to West Ham when Rice absolutely snapped his leg and he played on for the rest of the game to the whole detriment of the rest of the team. Mm. Um, Kane and Son, both. Um, Kane, maybe a bit more so. Um, that he is obviously our best player by quite a distance. Um, cool. Could it be? I don't know about Dyer, you know. Dyer's I know. I know. But I, I'm, I'm, certain, I'm certain about those three. Yeah. Romero as well. Yeah. You know what? Um, maybe <laughs> I can see why you say that yeah. after the sending off against Milan. And um, yeah, either way he plays, he doesn't think about the team once. It's Romero, about, just think. He's all about passion. Yeah, he's, he's he's all tunnel vision. He's not thinking about anything else apart from his job he's got to do, and that, that can be a problem. I, I wouldn't think about anything else if I was paired beside Dyer either. <laughs> well, this is the thing, and this and this is why sometimes I give him, you know, I give I don't give him as fl- much flack as everyone else does. Um, Champions League, he's, he's got to think, he's got to do better than that. But other games, I just go, you know, what, if you are playing next to Dyer, this is going to happen. This is what you're going to happen, especially. And I put Davis in it to a certain extent. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it is what it is. All right, gents. Well, we've got to get into, I guess, uh, the elephant in the room, the matter at hand, because uh, it looks like Conte's got pretty much one foot out the door. He's currently in Italy while his assistant's still in. He's still taking training and friendly matches against Ipswich. Um, so Paul O'Keefe said he's definitely not returning from Italy. Well, it doesn't look like he's returning from Italy. So... Well, I guess they work out. However, we we pay as little compensation as possible. Obviously. Don't pay him. Work Don't pay him. Don't pay him. I need I need Spurs to actually. He'll just sue us for the money anyway. Yeah, yeah. sue us, sue us. Go to court. I'll, listen, I hope somebody from Spurs is listening. Yeah, mm. suggestion. Don't pay him. Sack him. Let him take us to court every single year. Year in, year out, let his hair fall out. I want him to suffer the pain he's let my eyes view this season. He will have to go through it for the next decade. Why? Because there is no way on God's green earth that I've gone this deep into a season and thought, wow, I can't name you a single game in which I thought, hmm, Spurs look good. No one! 
Yeah, you played one. Southampton, first day of the season. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. <laughs> All right, you said this season, it counts. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. And that's my problem. We're talking, we're talking, we're in March. End of March. I was going to say middle of March. We're in the end of March. This guy has gone, gone back. You didn't, you didn't like Marseille away? No? No. Hated it. I was even surprised Ooh, we got the win. Yes. That I hated was, it. That was painful. That was hard to watch. <laughs> So you know the what? second I, half was all right, but that first half was tactically, you know, for me. Tactically, I thought the Marseille away game was handled perfectly. You went and to it, the game, innit? I can tell. No, 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 no. But Marseille, oh, away, yeah, but Marseille away, I felt tactically everything was spot on, and that's the reason why we ended up with the 2 1 win. But I can see you lots point because it's it's a ner- it's a nervous feeling because we there was points in that game where Marseille needed to finish off their chances as well. If Marseille, if Marseille were more of a, if if Marseille were the kind of team that you you definitely do not want to give multiple chances to, we would have been out of sight in that game. We would have been clapped off the planet. This is That's what how, I was thinking. And, 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 and this is what I'm saying. We wasn't. No, we wasn't. Two games though against them, we wasn't. No, no, no. And, you're and right. Yeah. It wasn't because the, they as a team. They're notorious. They don't even even the French, um, French freaking uh, football and and they say this about it. They don't take. They can create chances, but yeah. they just don't take their chances. Now, obviously, the flip side to that would be if we were in Marseille's position, playing the way that they played against us in the first half, and we had those chances, we would have clapped them off the planet. Yeah. That's a fact. Because our front line is yeah, our line is too much. Because our front line is better than that. But they they just notoriously don't do that, and so we got lucky. And what happens in these kind of games is tactically it looks all fine because the end result looks shiny and everything. But when you're watching it, you're like, we're getting pulled here and there. We're getting pulled here and there. This guy's pointing here when there's no traffic for no reason. And this guy is just doing pirouettes. We don't know what's going on. However, where we get lucky is a lot of these teams are not, they don't have the capability of actually just deading off these games. And so as the game goes on and players get tired, we just come in there and we nick it. If it was the other way around and we were playing like half of these teams that we've played against, we'd be second. But we're not. We're fourth on on the on the pure caveat that Liverpool, Chelsea, and everybody else around us are doing shit. I'll tell you something, though. I'll tell you something. I, where I disagree with you on that statement is, right, because we've scored enough goals this season, right? Even And as you said, if we were more attacking, but we've scored enough. But... There's a caveat to that, and a massive caveat, and to the people we've been discussing the whole of this show, we've still got the same defence, and they're still going to cause the same problems. Mm. But, but he has a back. He has a huh? sitting back. He doesn't even have us. He doesn't even has a, have us in a low block. It's not yeah, for you. A... But let, let's let, let's let's go back no. to last. Let's go back to last season. Mid block with Dyer. Yeah, but let's let's go back. Let's, yeah, but let's go back to last season, right? Where a lot of us would say the football was a lot better. But we still had the same problems with Dyer and Davis at the back. There were certain games we weren't even getting shots on target. Defenses, the defense was still making mistakes, still going out to Middlesbrough. But we were probably slightly better when we were playing in certain games. Like we look at the last three games, we were good. You know, I think, I think we were slightly better in the last ten games. Everything, yeah. but, but 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 you, but in but in the, in those ten games, you still had Brentford away. You still had Brighton at home. We yeah. still lost. Yeah, and, and our defense still let us down on occasions. So. And we were better then. So I think even if we were better now, I think we'd be still be in the same problems, but we'd be looking at it slightly different. And we'd still be slagging off this defence. 
Because I think Dyer and Lengley and all them will still let us down, no matter if we're going forward. Yeah, they will. And that's the and that's the problem we're going to have. I think for us, we'd enjoy it a lot more if we were more attacking and those problems were happening because we'll go. Oh. Well, he's no, playing. I'm too old for that. But yeah, I know. Oh, me too. Me too. But I. But I'm no. sitting. But that's what I'm saying. I don't think would be. I think we'd still probably be in the same position. We probably would have lost. Probably would have. Probably not lost nine. Probably on six. And that and that and that's the caveat. Our defense would still let us down, no matter what. And I think that's the problem we've got. And, I, I, and and that's not solely on Conte. Conte's partly to blame, but this is where I blame the club and play. And this is why I'm back to the players because it's still the same mistakes they're making week in week out, and they're making the mistakes like for their countries as well. They're not just doing it for us. They're making their mistakes for their countries. So let's you know you've got to be completely honest when you say ah, you know we can't be the third. I think we were third or fourth highest, highest goal scorers in the Premier League. This is coming from a defensive team. Right, that we've scored that many. So, can we really complain that much about it? Yeah, when, we can. Well, you know what I mean. I, but I, we... I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why we can because essentially the manager is going to select players. We, yes. all, we, all, we all can agree on it. He has yeah. to select the team, he has to select the players. But it's always going to come back to one name. I know people are not going to like it, but it's going to come back to Hoybjerg. There's no listen, if you're going to alleviate pressure. There's two things you can do in, in your tactics and the players that you you employ. Yeah. If you're gonna have a tactic in which our forwards have to play back towards goal, then you have to employ the players that are good at that in our team. And if they're not good at that, then you have to give them the capability to not have to play back towards goal consistently and so deep into our own half. When Son is collecting the the ball in our own half with the back towards goal and he can't even take a good first touch. That brings pressure on us. When when Hoybjerg literally thinks he can dribble out when he's never been capable of doing this his whole life, that brings pressure on us. But these are players that Conte is selecting and telling them to do jobs that he knows they're not good at. I don't turn around and tell Kane to go sprint 80 yards against freaking Neymar. He's not got that kind of pace. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't... Why would I tell Kane running behind? Like, you're, you're always going to cause these guys problems. You don't have that kind of pace. You've got to use your brain. Conte is passing over these information. So as much as these players are definitely to blame and the club are most certainly to blame for bringing oh, us dross. Like Jörg, all of them. Uh, all Conte is a narcissist that has to hold huge accountability for but some of the selections. But you say, so, but you, you, everything you've called him, but when you think about everything, you like the narcissist stuff and everything like that, when it comes to top managers, are they all not the same? Like Mourinho is all about himself. Even Pep. Is all about himself, and maybe, and and that's the problem that we've gone employed employed these managers, right? But that's just not the culture of the club, and it, it you know, Conte was never going to work. We all could see it. Mourinho was never going to work. You know, we full well knew it weren't going to work. As fans, we didn't give Nuno time. I know, like we gave him five, ten games. Who knows what it'd have been like a year and a half down the line? It'd right? be relegated. Really yeah, <laughs> but let's let's take Poch, right? Because everyone, everyone, everyone's always talking about, oh, bring Poch back, this, that, and the other, right? And I always say to people, have, don't you remember Poch's first season? But have you I, chosen just to forget it? Because I, you saw what was in the middle. But you, Because everyone goes, ah, oh, but you always talk about the end. But no, because the first 12 months under Poch was awful. Absolutely awful. I'd watch. Right? And, yeah. And people, and if, if it wasn't for Toby and Jan Vertonghen, I, I've always said this, if it weren't for Toby and Jan Vertonghen, Poch's years would not have been as good as they were because of when he had both of them at the top of the game. If you notice, the last 18 months only deteriorated because they were going downhill. 
as soon as they went, and the same thing happened with Mourinho, right? As soon as Yank, because he had both of them in his centre-back, we were top of the league, right? He got them both actually playing to the top of the game. But then the problem started to come in, and then they, and then we started losing. Van Vertonghen got injured. Toby just wasn't the same, right? And we had Eric Dyer then playing back there. So, and Mourinho started to have problems. Yep. So, oh, crap. Yeah. And this and this is going to be the issue going forward for us as a club. Like, if we if we don't sort out that back line, it doesn't matter who comes in next. We could have, like, let's say Nagelsmann comes in. He's going to have the same problems. You're Brilliant see. segue, by the way. Yeah. Brilliant <laughs> segue. <laughs> but, but, I mean, we've been talking about Conte for pretty much 50 minutes. But yeah. um, there was a tweet <laughs> I saw earlier, which uh, made me laugh, and it was... It's funny how a penalty which was given wrongly against us, against Southampton, can just have such a ripple effect. Like we and well, apparently we have like these preliminary talks with Thomas Tuchel like yesterday or the day before, and I, I've even seen Chelsea fans like resign to the fact that oh we're going to hire a next Chelsea manager. What are your thoughts on this? Da, 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 da. And we're thinking like we're we're not actually going to hire another ex Chelsea manager. I just can't see it. I just can't see it uniting the fan base. Da, da, da. Then out of nowhere, Bayern Munich are like, okay, cool. We know you're still in the Champions League. In fact, you're unbeaten in the Champions League. You've actually been very, very good. But you, I think he's only conceded one goal in the Champions League. We're going to sack record, you yeah. anyway. Re- we're going to sack you ridiculous. because we're going to get Thomas Tuchel. Um, and now we've got him who's now out of a job. There's Pochettino who's out of a job. There's actually... Obviously, last time we were looking for a new manager um, before Nuno, there wasn't this it was just caliber of manager available. Like this many managers of a high caliber available. There was like Ten Hag or you know, Fonseca as like a maybe, but they were like, uh, do we do we know about them? Now that he's got Deserbi, Pochettino, uh, Luis Enrique has been at the top of most people's lists. Um, not mine personally, but I mean throw his hat into the mix because he's not going to cost us anything. And now Nagelsmann. Um, guys, what are your kind of initial thoughts on that? Because apparently, according to a uh, well-known journalist, he, he's apparently owned a Spurs replica top in his time in football as well. So, Mola, I'll get your initial thoughts on that first. How are you feeling about the potential um, arrival? So, so yeah, so... Just to, on Nagelsmann, I think I'm at the point where I know I know Daniel Levy's been chasing Nagelsmann since Leipzig. Yeah, he's wanted him from day dot. But I think at this present moment, with the other names we've been linked with, like they don't excite me. Nagelsmann's probably the first one that's gone. Do you know what? He could work under an Enic kind of ownership. Mm. The rest of them are going to have the exact same problems. Even Poch, if he came back, have the exact same problems. Um, so I was kind of like, I don't really care anymore. If Conte's there to today, if Conte's gone tomorrow, I couldn't care less. But the fact that the club want to get rid of Conte and they don't want to sack him because they don't want to pay him the money just says everything about this club right now. That just says it all. The fact that they, what the hell, if we go to Nagelsmann next week and he's gone, but well, you still got Conte there. So what's, what's happening there? How's, yeah, well, that thinking? didn't stop him from losing his job, did it? Yeah, so but what's it, what, but what's he thinking? Like these top managers now, right? And looking at Tottenham, we've we've worked with Mourinho section a week before the final, right? We're with Conte now, right? And a lot, and these top managers are, you know, they will look at the situation, what's going on at Spurs, and will they? They'll go, you know what? 
I don't want any of that smoke. I don't want it. And we'll end up with, you know, someone that is out of a job for years and we'll suck him in a year because us fans are impatient. We are. You know, you know Kino Pochettino? Nope. I don't think he should come back. I think he's not in the same situation. And everyone was going, but look how much Deadwood he had to get rid of last time. And that's why I said his first season, but he hasn't got a Jan Vertonghen this time. He's got Christian Romero, but Romero, for me, is better in a back three than he is in a back two. So you're stuck. Then he's got he's, he's stuck with players that all the players that threw him underneath the bus are still here. Yeah. <laughs> right? So again, and you're gonna have to work with these players again because Sanchez, Davis, Dyer, Sun, Kane, they're all still there. Right? Can Kane play the Pochettino way anymore? Hell That's no. the other thing. He he would not be able to do that amount of running. So you're gonna have to then make sure that you get another son's gonna have to go because he can't do that running either. So you're we're probably closer now with Jose, uh, with Jose with Conte than we would be if we got Poch. I think we'd have to go for another, we'd have to get an, a massive rebuild, and you're gonna they're gonna have to spend loads of money, which means we're gonna have to sit there and wait one or two years. But if Poch don't come in and he's not playing the attractive football within the first 12 months, we're gonna turn on him. We are as a fan base, mm. we're gonna turn on him straight away because we uh, we we just remember the middle part, like I said, but we haven't given a manager more than 14 15 months between since he's gone. And that's us as fans, and Nors, Nors Levy. So we're a bit stuck. And Nagelsmann, I think, is the only manager he could get in right now where I think Spurs fans would go, actually, let's give him a, a year or two, see how it goes. But anyone I'm, else, I'm not I'm sure. Not giving, I'm not giving a single manager time. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm not giving you. Not even Galado. No, none of them. Not even Galado. I'm not giving them none of them time if... They come in and they in their first press conference they say this is a very good team, big man. Yeah, no, I, that will be that will be the write off. I promise you now that will be the moment where I've already turned on it. I don't yeah. want to hear they're a very good team. We're not a very good team. Yeah, I don't want to hear oh let's coach these players better. They can't be coached. Nope. Dyer's had four, five managers and he's been he's been cracked under all of them in in different periods of his time. Davis, average. Bang average, Session. <laughs> yeah, that boy is rubbish. Oh my god, Hoybe. If the next manager that comes in says, Yeah, I like Hoybe, he's gonna be my DM or centre mid. I'm telling you, I'm gonna lose it. I'm going to lose it. Yeah, and it's going to be it's going to be very, very violent. I'm not having it at all. The next manager that comes in, yes, Tottenham have bought players. But they have to be very shrewd with their business this summer. Yeah. They have to spend. I think I've said this in the group. I think Spurs can get away with not buying an attacker for now, but they have to spend at least at least a hundred to one hundred and fifty million on defenders. Yeah, I don't. Defenders and a goalkeeper, or just just offenders. Well, I'll be honest with you. I, I think it would be asking too much to get a, a I think Hugo staying there for another season. We just, we just have to make our bed with it. I don't think we're getting a new goalkeeper this time at all. <laughs> Quick question though on Hugo and Forrester. Has Forrester actually would you bring Lloris back in considering Forrester's know. performance? Oh no, tell him uh, listen, as far as I'm concerned, Hugo right now should be looking at Conte and saying I relate to what's about to happen to me. <laughs> I don't want him back. <laughs> I, I want him gone. Just like I'm saying, I want him. I don't. I don't want to see. I don't want to see his 
awful left-footed kick ever again, bro. Get him out of my <laughs> So would you take Forster for another year then? Would you take him if, if it meant if the club said like we'll go get you the 150 million pound on the free like two or three depending on who we got? Say we went and got the back four sorted, would you keep Forster for another year and get goalkeeper next year? I'll keep him for half a season. And Why get half a Get, get a goalkeeper in, in January. Who does anybody ever sell their first team goalkeeper in January though? No, That's they don't. Our money, our money talks. There's been, there's been... <laughs> Spurs, Spurs money. <laughs> come on. Regardless, like Poro, Poro wasn't meant to come. He came. You know, yeah, like, but, but no, but 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 no. goalkeeper, goalkeepers, goalkeepers is the one position I'll always say when it comes to January, they rarely move. It's the, the rarely move. Yeah. It's very true, but you. Even even with saying that it, they rarely move, you just have to make things work. Either you go and get a goalkeeper in January, which yes, is going to be very tough, or you go and get one in summer. But I'm not sacrificing get getting possibly two centre backs for a goalkeeper. I'm not doing it. I'm not getting one. <laughs> so, so so would you would you would what would be your main priority then in the summer? Would you put it as two a goalkeeper or two centre backs? Two centre backs. Two centre backs. No, me too. I agree. I'd, I'd go for the two centre-backs. I, I know Forster could probably survive one more season, but he's old. Like, he really is old. I saw that guy he's, dive. He's, and, he's like, a tree, as we call him. He, he, went, <laughs> he went down in stages. And I was yeah. like, I've never seen a dive look like a three-point turn. He went yeah. down in stages, yeah. But I'm, I, I've said this multiple times. I'll say it again. I do not want to go into another season with Dyer and Davis starting centre backs. I, I honestly, I couldn't care what no, the yeah, what the variation is. I don't want to see it. No. I don't want to see it at all. At all. I, and I want I want that to be the the catalyst to certain players that are comfortable to know that all right, yeah, this comfortability is done now. Like these players are going to come in, they're going to take your position. You man are bench man, and get ready because you're going to be you're going to be sold, or when your contract is done, it's finished for you. I think the thing that annoys me about Dyer the most is that he's not even counted as a homegrown in the league. Yeah, that and he does and that yeah, that annoys he me. Even, he's not even accountable. He yeah. actually thinks he's good. Mm-hmm. He's as deluded as Maguire. I'll prefer Maguire over Dyer, I'll give you that. I'd I'd wow. much I'd much rather be shot <laughs> in my ass. I'd rather I tell you I, I tell you why. I tell you why, right? Because I look at Maguire for England, right? And yeah, he's not he's he's not mobile, he's not this. But if you look if I was to compare the two of them, I'd rather Maguire. He's gonna give us a lot more than what Dyer does. And I've said this from I've said this for years, I've said this for a couple of years now. But Maguire is is Broly Dyer. Yeah, that's what he is. He's just but he's but he's a better option. <laughs> like, he's, a, he's a super saying version of Dyer. But if you if you but, but if you were the England manager, let's say you're the England manager and you had to pick between Maguire or Dyer, are you are you picking Dyer over Maguire? I'll quit. <laughs> but you, you know what I'm saying? But that's what I'm saying. This is but this is the problem we've got because we've got at the end of the day as well, we've we've we're hitting the quota of having I think 17 overseas players. 17 well. Right. Yeah. We're not we're not hitting, we are over, we're actually yeah. over the quarter. Yes, we're over. So the problem we've got right now is that unfortunately we do have to buy homegrown players as well on top. Yeah. So yeah. the likelihood is at the moment that the defensive side of things, unless we start getting rid of someone in the forward line and do buy the James Madisons of this world, you're gonna you're looking at actually you're gonna have to buy some English centre backs. Now, who's out there? <laughs> okay, interesting Mark Gay. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even bother. Look, look. I I know we were over the quarter, or slightly over the quarter, but we're forgetting 
there's one defender that this summer should definitely be his last, and that's Sanchez. Mm. I, I think, yeah, I think so. I think for I think Sanchez, we will we will get rid of. It's just yes, going to be, it's just, it's going to be how much is Levy going to want for a forty-two million pound defender that we bought how many Listen, years ago? Levy, Levy needs to relax with all of that nonsense. Yeah, one thing I can give. All right, fine. Maybe other clubs are are not so good at selling players, and City are pretty fantastic at selling players because they seem to sell them for a profit and all that kind of jazz. But right now, we just have to take our losses. Because these players are crap. Yeah, no, I'm like, with you. I'm with you. I'm, I'm there's no point of even trying to like get top dollar. Like <laughs> the best example I could give is look up, look at what we got rid of Ali, the um, Delhi Ali. We got rid of him for peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> and, this, and this guy was meant to be the next big thing. We got rid of him for nothing. Like we and we might have to do the same thing for a few other players. Listen. Ah, uh, uh, Matt, this club is the worst. So, so let me quickly ask you because we were talking about the manager, right? But we've all we've, what we've done again. We've gone back to the players, yeah. So, are we are, are we at this point where we're actually thinking actually it doesn't matter who the manager is next? It could be any of them. But these players are always going to be stinking up the drink, no matter what happens. We are at that point. <laughs> potentially, potentially. Like, I, I still maintain what I said earlier. To be fair, where we've actually been doing better, better than before not saying we're doing great but we're doing better with our player recruitment than we've done before yeah, that's true. and yeah. you well, would think if they're way. using their common sense now they've got to be identifying centre-back and goalkeeper as I guess our weakest ones our weakest positions to start on and then depending on what the new coach wants because they, they may decide to keep either La Celso or Ndombele who knows um, but we need, in my opinion, an attacking eight slash ten who could just be technically secure, help us control games better, and just help alleviate the pressure off whatever our defense may be going into next season. Um, which leads, I guess, into a slight segue of what do you think? I guess, like, we, we've talked about what Pochettino might be able to offer or what he won't be able to offer. Deserbi, I think, everyone does quite well. What do you think Nagelsman could offer? Obviously, if he's someone who we're going to be going Hail Mary for going forward, Scott I Hall. Mean, uh... I think he's got a quite... I've done a bit of a deep dive. He seems to be quite flexible. His team's... Mm. Listen, I'm very impressed with what he's done at Bayern Munich because mm. this is not the strongest Bayern Munich team. <laughs> Honestly, God, no, I'm, I'm actually going to say this. I can't believe I'm gonna, Probably in my lifetime, this is probably the weakest Bayern Munich team. Mm-hmm. Not saying that the league is the league is definitely not strong, so they're gonna they're gonna only compete with whoever competes with them. But in terms of actual team, one through to eleven, one through to twenty-two, whatever you want to call it, this is arguably the weakest Bayern Munich team, and they've only lost three games. And mm. and the other thing, I know a lot of us Spurs fans want to watch the last legs because they were both on the same night as us. But what oh, they I, did to, I, I read, went and rewatched yeah. them. But what they did to Paris Saint-Germain, you've got to sit up and take note because they're doing Unreal. some Chupo mooting, you know, the guy that could, was, a, was a flop at Stoke up front. And he's not, and, and he wasn't even the first team player until Lewandowski, and that's who they've replaced him with. And right. you have to sit there and go, how are they doing what they're doing with him up front? Chupa! Jesus! They got Upa Meccano. He's had a stink of a season. That, yep. guy, that guy is basically the French dial. Yeah, he's had a stinker, and yet they're doing miracles. 
I'm not gonna lie, Julian. Listen, I know what's gonna happen. We'll, we'll, we'll more than likely get Julian and ruin his entire career because that's what Spurs are good at. That's, do you know that's what? what you know what? He's he's the first person. I, do you know what? I and I he's the first person. I and I think I was going to say he's the first person that I'd go. Actually, he's suited to what Levy wants, and I yep. don't think we'd ruin his career. Mm. And I think personally, I think he'd come here and do a ma- now that we've, I think for us, we've noticed who the bad players are. We know who we need to get rid of. We're not going to keep mm-hmm. them for it. I think after the whole Deli Ali situation with Daniel Levy, he has to throw up his hands and go, actually, I need to get rid of some of these players now. But I think if Nagelsmann came here, I think he could, I think he could be the turning point. He could be the turning point to us going forward. He, he is so suited to Spurs and the philosophy that the board want to do on the cheap with good players. Like you said, look at what he's doing with players that are good players, not great players. That's perfect for us. We're not expected to win the league. We none of us in none of us on this channel, no one, no Spurs fan, we don't expect to win the leagues. Just be competitive in the cups. That's all we're asking for. No, I'm go- I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna change that. I'm gonna change it. Yeah. Listen, I've been a Spurs fan all my life, and I'm I'm old enough to say that I've been a Spurs fan for nearly 32 years. Yeah. Let me tell you this right now. I want to see a damn league trophy. Yeah. Like. I'm I'm not going to my grave bro. if I don't see a family trophy. I'm gonna do some some real dangerous stuff. Like I'm going to I'm going to do something worthwhile to get arrested because there's no way I'm going to my grave not seeing my team win the league. However, you're right. It's not an expectancy because we've not competed like that on a regular basis. We should never. Yeah. I don't even think we should expect to do well in cups because. <laughs> The, the most current history doesn't look good, yeah. Under uh, yeah, under this ownership, yeah. But what, what I do think is that we should definitely be competing and competing regularly. That's how you end up winning trophies, and uh, that's something we need to do. We haven't done that successfully. I don't think Julian can come in and make a miracle with that. No, because Dyer needs help. He needs help from all religious figures. That's Jesus. That's Allah. We need to. That's everybody. Yeah. Alice Boston at the moment, so he ain't got time for now. <laughs> he's help from all angles. Yeah. Whatever, whatever the Ra, Sun Ra God of the the Marvel universe, he needs help. That guy's awful. Fair enough. Yeah, I I agree. I'm not sure. Uh, like JS have said, I'm not sure he can do. Miracles of die. I'm happy for die to stay as a squad player, mind, but as a starting centre back, he, you know he is an upgradable one. Um, just I was just gonna go to um, Marsford. like he, as I say, he does have a track record of improving players. He, he's kind of we've kind of got a team that suits the way he wants to play. We obviously mm. need more technically secure players, especially at the back. Like, I think our technical security through midfield of the fence is one of the big reasons why Conte's style just faded. But he likes a free at the backfield, which suits not just our centre-backs, but it suits the wing-backs we're going to have going into yeah. the season, like Udogi oh, and Poro. Yeah. Um, he's very good at getting players into good positions to create 3 v 2 situations. He's really good at kind of obsessing over how to get controlling games with with that positional play and the good organized press as well. We'd have to give him time and I'm sure there'll be teething periods here and there. Um, especially as he's still like a young guy that like there's, there'll be some personalities he'll 
potentially have to deal with in the dressing room that might be leaking stuff to the media on the side and he'll have ben to leave them out as well, I'm sure. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like like you alluded to, like both of you alluded to, I think his profile, as well as his on-the-pitch philosophy, it, it suits us pretty perfectly, to be honest. It's going to be so disappointing when we don't get him. <laughs> if he goes for Madrid, he's a snake. He's going Madrid. I've already made my mind up. He's Is Ancelotti actually leaving at the end of this season, though? Apparently, because Madrid won Poch, apparently, as well. So Ancelotti ha- has the right to retire. He, he deserves it. Yeah, he actually does. He's, he's actually completed all tasks in life. <laughs> like, I come to a miracle at Spurs. <laughs> He's done that, so he doesn't need to do anything else. Ancelotti is he's fine. Look, we like ex-Chelsea managers. Why don't we bring Ancelotti in and actually let him, you know, he, if he completed life, he'd be the only Chelsea manager to come and win something. I don't, I don't, I don't even want him to ruin his perfect record. You know when somebody's, like, completed a game and they give you their memory card? No, no, no. I don't even want him to do that. Stop it, please. He's got the cheat code as well. Let me ask you guys one thing, though. I'll say there's still a bit of excitement about uh, as well. I put the poll up on the Newspost Order t- um, Twitter earlier, and there was a resounding um, one-way result. But if you could sign Nagelsmann on like a pre-agreement, so he wouldn't take over until next summer, meaning Ma- Ryan Mason is in charge for the rest of the season, would you still go through with it? What Mason from now to the end of the season, Nagelsmann yes. in the summer. And then Nagelsmann takes over in the summer. No. You still wouldn't do that. I, I want I want Nagelsmann now. It's either it's either now yes, or, 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 or I'm I'm not interested. Listen, Ryan, he's one of the very few Ryans I hate on this face of the planet. Ryan is not a name to hate, but I hate him. Like he, he he's no frills. He's no frills. He is netto as a manager. Like he is Audi before they rebranded. I'm I've got no interest in him freaking being manager whatsoever. I want I want top level. I want Michelin. I want freaking I want freaking five star restaurant type managers. I want a manager that who wears a suit. I believe he knows big words. Yeah, Mason, don't give me that same feeling. We're Mason. not gonna go into Nagelsmann's suit choice, <laughs> please. Do, do, do you know what though? I One still thing. remember that suit he rocked up to Old Trafford with. What I don't uh, understand uh, is though, right? Why is Yaya Torre not being mentioned as taking over instead of Ryan Mason? Because he's, he... whoa, 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 you got to take time. Yaya's main job right now is to make sure that Pep don't win the Champions League. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's got to talk to some some of Pogba's fortune guys, you know, to make sure certain things happen. Right? I've I've already given Yaya the task. He needs to focus on. In Arsenal winning the league, yeah. we need to we need to have Yaya at his top powers before we can bring him back. Yeah, after that, fine, bring him. I'm more happy for Yaya to try. Yeah, but outside of that, nah, nah, nah. I don't even think Yaya wants to be a manager just yet. I think it's too early for him. If I'm being honest, well, oh, what's just... this for a question? That's just come out of nowhere. Jay Ashraf asks, "Is Owen a Michelin five star name? It's not even five letters, mate. So I I, I can't say it is, but." Well, Michael Owen won won a Ballon d'Or. Yeah, Hold that. Okay. <laughs> but my, my, Michael Owen is also like the worst punditry ever, so <laughs> he kind of ruins the name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like juggling balls. You take the wrong. Right? <laughs> <laughs> 
guys, what uh, didn't expect to end on that note, but <laughs> genuine been a pleasure again, Marlon. Thank you for joining us. No, thanks for having me on. It's been an absolute if you're still pleasure. viewing, guys, check out the channel. There's always match reactions on after after every match. Yao, Scott Hall, do this thing as always. And um, yeah, keep an eye out for some of our recordings on the Thursday or the Friday. Audio releases every Saturday. But from all of us here, come on, you Spurs, and peace. On debut, Tungay on Dombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. A great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh yeah! Sports Social Podcast Network.